You're listening to The Bookstack with Annie, Nia, and Sydney. Hi, friends. Welcome to the 19th chapter of The Bookstack. I'm Annie. I'm Sydney. And I'm Nia. Winter is a good time for warm blankets, warm cookies, and cozy reading by the fire. With winter comes the holidays when many people are looking for gifts for family, friends, coworkers, and other people in their lives. A trend in the publishing world has always been to release new books around this time, many of which have the Christmas theme or spirit of giving and togetherness. Think of The Grinch, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, A Christmas Carol, and all of the holiday movies where the main character falls in love in a small town where snow and cider abound. <laughs> Holidays cause people to want to get together and reminisce about the year. Christmas books help make those feelings happen, whether they are long or short. Christmas-themed books are not new, nor will they go away anytime soon. While we understand that Christmas is not the only holiday of the season, I think we all celebrate, all three of us celebrate some other thing within this time period. Christmas books are the most prevalent and they tend to be easier to find and easier to access. So that is why we have chosen six Christmas books. So Sydney, what is in your holiday stack? So the first book I picked is called The Christmas Murder Game. It's by Alexander Benedict. It was published in September, 2021. So it's fairly recent. She's also published under the name A.K. Benedict, and I think it would have been easier and less confusing if she had stuck with just using her initials, because there's another author that's also named Alexandra Benedict, and she writes historical romance. So when you Google the name Alexandra Benedict, you get very contrasting results. (laughs) I feel like this book, The Christmas Murder Game, is very... 2020 very 2021 very 2022 because it's bringing together true crime and christmas yeah in one book so (laughs) that's very very prevalent right now (laughs) this is her second book her first book was called the beauty of murder the book that she had that came out this past november so just recently november 2022 is called murder on the christmas express and it feels like a throwback to Agatha Christie. She has found her on the name. Orient Express. She, she I has feel like found that one her down. place. <laughs> and just like Agatha Christie, she is also British. And it's very, she is very definitively British. She does it. It's unapologetically British. It's the British spellings of words, but also there's a lot of British slang that you read and you're like, oh, yeah, I can still figure out what that means. Was it hard to read at all? Were there some parts where you got a little confused? No, it wasn't. It wasn't so overtly British that you're like, I can't get through it. I mean, it was harder to read for other reasons. But Was the punctuation different? Because when I've read some British books or Australian or Canadian, sometimes the quotation marks are different. Right. Um, I've had Canadian books where the quotation marks are different. This one was not. It was just the spelling. Okay. Like when she spells realize it's with an S instead of a Z Mm -hmm. and color has a U in it and all of the weird things that we're not used to. R-E, not Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Theatra. I'm always going to think that now. You're welcome. (laughs) So this book is fun because it has multiple mysteries that you're trying to solve at the same time. It's set up to only be one mystery, but there's all of these mysteries that are woven into the backstory that all get solved along the way. Online reviews about this book raved about how clever this book was written. And I was really excited to find a book that didn't read like a Hallmark movie. And I was like, sweet, it's a Christmas book that's not about love. Honestly, I feel like the reviews oversold this book by a lot. Oh no. Darn it. 
it was still a fun book. I think our friends will still enjoy it. It still had some fun puzzles and clues that you could play with alongside the book characters mm-hmm. because it gives all of the clues and you could try to solve it before you move on to the next part of the book. So, and I think a lot of the people that liked this book are the ones in the reviews that talked about how they would try to solve the puzzle before they read forward to see what would happen. Okay. So for people that like to solve those kinds of puzzles, this is a fun book for them. And it definitely did not read like a Hallmark movie. (laughs) This author overuses similes Uh. abundantly. Everything she describes, she uses a simile to describe it. Mm. For our friends that are not English majors, a simile is a comparison of two things by using the word like or as. So her eyes shone like sapphires in the firelight. Similes are really easy to find. And if there are too many, it's really easy to see. They are are a crutch that I feel Uh like new writers tend to lean on a little too heavily in order to create imagery. Mm Mm-hmm. Which similes do a great job creating imagery, but so does they do. So do other things. But when you overuse them, yeah, you can catch them really quickly, and you're like, I didn't. That's a weird thing to compare it to. Why did you do that? <laughs> and now I can't get that thought right. out of my head. Now that's all I'm seeing is a fox. Stop. <laughs> it, it ends up being more of a, a like a, a stumbling block versus something that actually moves the plot along. Right, right. And I felt that way a lot. In the beginning, in the first 20 chapters of the book, used a lot more similes than she did at the end. It felt like her exposition was very simile heavy. As she was trying to introduce the world, once she got in, once she got out of the exposition and into the rising action, you had a lot less need for this imagery because she'd already established those visuals. Sure. So, So the first half of the book or the first, yeah, it's about the first half of the book, is a little harder to read than the second half. Because then the, the plot picks up and it finally starts moving along and then it moves very, very quickly. Okay. Yeah. So I, like I the try, pacing? Yeah. Once, once she got into it, the pacing was uh-huh. really fun. And I still liked the premise of the book. So even though I was like, oh man, she's obviously a new writer and I, I don't know if I can get through this. I ended up just getting on an audiobook. I popped it onto mm. 1.8 speed. And I was able, once it was going fast enough for me, I actually really enjoyed the pacing and I finished the book in 24 hours. Wow. So it was- That's hard it to was, do as an adult. Yeah. yeah. I. But when you're listening and you can do other things while you're doing it- That's true. That makes it a lot faster. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> See, I tried to listen to it on audio and I-, I you, shut, you shut it off. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It was way too slow. Really? It yeah. does pick up. And once it picks up, it goes very, very quickly. The plot is a bit predictable at times, but she does have a couple, she has two little nice twists at the very end that I'm like, oh, that was clever. Because even though I was predicting most of what was about to happen, there were a couple plot points I didn't see coming. And that was really fun to have that little surprise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do think that her ideas are really good. I think she has a great future as a writer. I think that I would continue to give her chances because I liked the ideas that she had. Mm Mm-hmm. But her story ends right after the denouement. There is no resolution. Oh. Oh. It, it like well, that's a problem. The, the climax ends. So for those of our friends who are again not English majors, denouement is where all of the plot points build into the climax, and everything after the denouement is the falling action and the resolution that kind of 
ties up the story into those nice, neat little bows where you feel like everything's over and you feel like you know enough of what happens after that story that you feel good about leaving those characters in that book. Yeah, the denouement is like... It's a pivotal moment, but you have to have right. the, the resolution after right. to give... Or else you sit there thinking, so when is the second book coming out? You gotta yeah. have a good dismount. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this book ends with the stopping of the denouement. There is no falling action. There is no resolution. So is it another just, book coming oh. out? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I mm. think she has moved on. I think this book was a standalone. That's frustrating. So if that doesn't bother you, as long as you know that, that the events that take place in the climax have alluded to what will happen in the conclusion or the resolution, if there were to be one, yeah. If you're if you're fine with the allusions to that resolution, this book is still fun. It's still a fun concept. It just it's a little frustrating. The title it's... though is really apt. <laughs> it's a great title. Wait, so there's murder. At there Christmas? is a there is a <laughs> lot of murder. It is not like the cozy mysteries that we talked about recently. Oh, it's not behind closed doors. It's everything out in the open. She well some of it's behind closed doors like some of it they stumble upon dead bodies and some of it like someone tries to kill her at one point like there's just a lot of murder in this book and i didn't expect (laughs) it to be this much murder so is it like an advent calendar of murder (laughs) on the first day of (laughs) christmas i mean it's 12 days maybe there's 12 murders i don't know are there uh there are not 12 okay but there are there that was a missed opportunity (laughs) There are a handful. (laughs) So I mean, I keep telling you that I like the premise of the story. So I'm going to read you the premise of the story so that you can see what drew me in. 12 clues, 12 keys, 12 days of Christmas. But who will survive until the 12th night? Lily Armitage never intended to return to Endgame House, the grand family home where her mother died 21 Christmases ago, until she receives a letter from her aunt asking her to return to take part in an annual tradition, the Christmas game. The challenge? Solve 12 clues to find 12 keys. The prize? The deeds to the manor house. Lily has no desire to win the house, but her aunt makes one more promise. The clues will also reveal who really killed Lily's mother all those years ago. So for the 12 days of Christmas, Lily must stay at Endgame House with her estranged cousins and unravel the riddles that hold the key not just to the family home, but to its darkest secrets. However, it soon becomes clear that her cousins all have their own reasons for wanting to win the house, and not all of them are playing fair. As a snowstorm cuts them off from the village, the game turns deadly. Soon Lily realizes that she is no longer fighting for an inheritance, but for her life. This Christmas is to die for. Let the game begin. That sounds very, very on trend for right now. It does. Also, there's a whole lot of 12s in there. Why couldn't she just do one more? (laughs) 12 murders. Come on. Because there were not 12 Everything else is 12. (laughs) <laughs> Everything else is 12, but there were not 12 cousins. But that does sound um, really good. It was it was a fun right? book. It was a fun story once it picked up. Yeah. There were things that you were like, no, oh, this is going to happen. And then it did. And you were like, yeah, kind of thought that was going to happen. But there were also some fun little twists. And you're like, oh, all right, cool. I liked that twist. That was a, that was a clever little twist. Her puzzling abilities are not Lewis Carroll level. Well, 
I mean, so that's like, so what I'm saying is if you are trying to get into solving word puzzles and you're trying to get into breaking down riddles, this is a good book to play with because she uses a lot of entry level puzzles. Okay. It's not an insult. It's just, I'm, I'm just stating that it's a, it's a fun entry level book. Oh, it's good to set expectations. Yeah. It is good. It, to set you're not bringing anyone down. You're not discrediting anyone. You're setting expectations. No. It's a cute story. It's it's a fun holiday story that is not centered around romance. It's a fun book, but it is an entry level book. Like you can solve it fairly quickly. It is not a book that you have to solve in order to move forward, though. Like you can just read it like a regular novel, let the character solve it and move forward. It is not a solve your own adventure. That would be cool, though. We need to make something like that. That would be no, awesome. The other half of this podcast is what books should we write in the future that you can all look forward to? <laughs> <laughs> it's half book recommendations and half, hey, let's do this hey, thing. We should do this thing. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. The second book is a complete 180 from my first book. The second book is Letters from Father Christmas by J.R.R. Tolkien, published September 2nd, 1976, which I was the third anniversary. Existed. I didn't either until That's I started super digging. fun. It was published on the third anniversary of his death, and it was edited and compiled by one of his son's wives. Oh, how fun is that? So his son, Christopher, his Christopher's wife is the one that edited and and compiled it and got it ready to go. And then they intentionally released it on that anniversary. That's and he's the one who's been writing family. That's cute. Based on like notes and stuff that he's found of his father's too. So he's the one who's continued the legacy as the writer as well. But his wife is neat that it's neat that his wife did that. Yeah. Christopher is the third in a in a row of four. He's Mm -hmm. the youngest son, and then he has one little sister, Priscilla, beneath him. So his older two brothers, John and Michael, are the ones that got the first letters written to them when they became of age where they could actually understand what Christmas was. Mm-hmm. And every year for Christmas, they would write Santa letters. And then this is a compilation of the letters that Santa wrote back. Santa, their oh, dad. I love that. Santa, their dad. That's so cool. it doesn't it doesn't have their letters in it. It's not what they asked for for Christmas. It is sure. just the compilation of his responses mm, okay. that were delivered Christmas Eve with the deliverance of presents. That's cool. See, That's again, really sweet, what though. should I, I like do that. in my life? I've learned of this cool thing. Now I should yeah. do it too. So this book is actually just a compilation of letters that are written and illustrated by J.R. Tolkien. The first letter is from Christmas 1920. It goes all the way until 1943. Oh, wow with his four children so he writes as father christmas and sometimes he doesn't write as father christmas sometimes it's his secretary the north polar bear (laughs) that's really cute and then later on he also includes the north polar bears two sidekick cubs paksu and valkotuka that's super fun it starts out just to his first child and then it is addressed to the children as they become the children because there's more than one of them Mm -hmm. Um, okay and then for a while it's written to all four of them and then as john and michael aged out then it was just written to christopher and priscilla and then the last letter in 1943 is just addressed to priscilla and it's letting her know that this is his last letter to her oh i'm getting all the feels so it's really it's really cute 
you're kind of what? I'm kind of wondering if the two sidekick cubs are the older two kids. Oh, and the polar bear? I could be. Polar bear could be the white. It could be his wife. It could be. I'm feeling whimsical this year. I don't want to be serious. Um, I do wonder if the sidekick cubs are the older kids. Yeah. That, I don't know about that. I know that he did that's it. That's an interesting you can, thought. You can see when he's trying to disguise his handwriting versus mm-hmm. when you know he's writing as the polar bear so it i there's a lot that goes into this and it's the adventures of father christmas and the north polar bear and his sidekick cubs and also their misadventures and so he tells these sometimes the letters are really really short and sometimes they're significantly longer what's fun is that it has the transcription in the book when you look at it it has the transcription of of what the letter actually says but it also has the images of the envelope that was written to the child wow then the actual letter cool and then it has pictures of any of the the illustrations that he drew and some of the illustrations are very very elaborate some of them are not and some of them are like storyboarding where he's like describing all of the different things that happened in a in a sequence of events so some of the letters yes you could tell that sometimes he had a lot less time because some of the letters are very very short Mm -hmm. and some of the letters are three or four pages like they're they're these big long story sagas but they all connect as a parent i look at that and think is that the year that he set up the (laughs) treehouse and so he was busy outside setting up a treehouse and not writing yeah (laughs) (laughs) But I just love, it talks about how they had this massive fireworks mishap and it created the Northern Lights. And so instead of only going off on Christmas Eve, now they're always on because they can't, like the the fireworks mishap just lit up the sky and now it's just up forever. And how the polar bear manages to get in trouble on more than one occasion. It's just really cute. This is definitely a book that you want to read with your kids. And if you get the digital version, at least read it on something that has color. Don't read mm-hmm. it on your Kindle paper white. Read it on your iPad or, or something like that because the color pictures, the color makes a difference. Do you happen to know if this is still in print? I believe it is. Yeah. That's it a has weird been question, I know. That's okay. That's okay. It was really easy to get on Kindle. So I assume that you can still get it on paperback. I would think so. It is J.R.R. Tolkien. So I, I'm going to assume that it's it's still in print. It has been suggested, this is the part that Nia is going to find really interesting. It's been suggested the elements of the stories that he wrote in these Christmas letters actually inspired parts of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Okay, I could see that. So Father Christmas's elf secretary is named Elbereth. And then there in Lord of the Rings, there's Elbereth. Mm-hmm. There's glimpses of elvish writing and in Lord of the Rings and in the book for letters from Father Christmas, there's actually a goblin alphabet. Oh, I like it. That okay. is intense. And if you look at the goblin alphabet, it wow. kind of looks like a predecessor of Elvish. So this is an of, intense dad project. This is good job. I don't. I don't think he has ever not an author halfway done anything yeah. in his life. Yeah, this is not a man who puts in fifty percent effort. I guess that's true. You also have the Arctic Kenya, which is the spoken language of the Arctic, which he actually writes out and writes things in arctic kenya and then translates it for these children which is also a predecessor of elvish wow so there there are a lot of things that that he's done that you're just like man that was really cool and holy crap that took a lot of time yeah (laughs) for sure and i just i love i love that you can see a story arc 
over the course of 23 years. Yeah, that's cool. Because all of the letters connect. All of them are very definitively, this is what happened since last Christmas, last time I wrote to you, you know, so. I wonder if you kept notes somewhere. I'd need notes. Oh yeah, I need notes. I think that they just saved the letters and he just referred back to the letters. I could That would be the easiest. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's just me thinking like, oh, we'll just do it this way. (laughs) (laughs) But super cute, but definitely something that you want to read with your kids. It's not something that an adult's going to want to just sit down and read by himself. It's not, it's not a book that you would be like, yeah, that was so fun, even though I'm not a kid. Like it, this is something to read with your kids. How long is the book? Long enough. It would probably take a couple days to get through okay. if you're reading at bedtime. Because I'm thinking that not, might be not super long. start this year as a tradition. And, you know. Yeah, that'd be cute. That'd be mm-hmm. cute. So, Annie, what books did you pull for this stack? I went down the rabbit hole of short stories because that's what I do. And we have one of those compilation binders that has a story that you read every night during Christmas. I don't know. Do you guys have one of those? I have several. No, no. I have, again, a couple of them. Then again, I don't have any kids. Well, this is something that I've gotten. My mom got at church one year. And then my aunt and uncle had one that got passed down where it's just a compilation of short stories that are a few pages long. And there are 25 of them. So you read one every night. Hmm. So I chose both of my short stories from that book. Mm -hmm. And one of them, the first one that I chose was actually printed as a pop-up book in the 1950s. So it counts as a book also. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I didn't know that when I was researching it. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. The title is Davy and the First Christmas, and it's by Beth Varden, and it was published in 1950. I know it as a poem, but again, it was published as a pop-up book at one time. And the illustrations that I saw kind of look like the Little Match Girl illustrations, Okay. Hand drawn, a little bit of color, but not a lot. You know, rosy cheeks, yellow flame, but a lot in black, white, and gray. Only the things that are really important are in color. Yeah, only the things that are really important. And even those, sometimes it's just like in this book, there are bags of feathers and hay. And so maybe only part of the hay would be colored in and not all of it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, printing was expensive. I mean, it still is expensive, but it's gotten a lot cheaper, especially with color. So it's a poem about the innkeeper of Bethlehem, and it's his son. His son's name is Davy, and he has a donkey named Tim. Of course. And it's their, I... little, it's their little adventure. Davy and so Tim's cute. adventures. Yes, it's Davy and Tim's adventure in cleaning out the stable at the inn. Oh. He's asked to go into the barn and clean it up because he has bothered his dad so much that day that his dad says, Davy. You have broken too many jugs today. Go outside. Go clean the barn. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Get out. So, yeah, nice. that's pretty much what it is. And so Go he somewhere you won't break stuff. <laughs> somewhere that he doesn't think will be important, right? People are coming because if you know the story of Christ's birth in Bethlehem, you know, it's during tax time. So lots of people are coming in and his dad's like, no one's going to use the stable. Nobody cares. I'm busy. You go there. So he and his donkey go to clean the barn and they run into some mischief because he's young. He's like eight. And right. these are big things he's being asked to do. And his best friend is a donkey. So there's some stuff with there are so many. There are so many puns I want to make, but I don't want to have know. to mark this episode as explicit. I know. I know. <laughs> 
There's chicken so, mischief. There's hay mischief. There's more broken jugs. It's all just the shenanigans. A lot of it's just a lot of shenanigans. But in the end, the hay, the feathers, and something else are used in the traditional Christ is born in Bethlehem story. Okay. So everything that they do and everything that they break end up, it ends up being a good thing. Um, I pulled a little bit of the poem to read because it just, it gets me. Maybe because I have two sons and my 11-year-old is the sweetest kid, but also a mess. And then my two-year-old is the most tornado of toddlers you've ever met. And so I can see them doing stuff like this. And I can see myself saying, go outside. I don't want to deal with you anymore. But them just trying their hardest. Yeah, because it's not malicious. It's not malicious. It's not at all. So the quote that I pulled is a good one. Here we go. The very biggest job of all was stacking up the hay. Davy climbed up to the loft and put it all away. Look, Tim, you see how high it is? I'll make just one more trip. Then clear up by the stable roof, his feet began to slip. Down came the hay and Davy too. The stable looked so queer. All you could see was piles of hay, one sandal and one ear. Slowly they came out on top and Davy didn't whine. Though hay stuck all over him just like a porcupine. He put the hay all back again and stacked it up with care but left one armload down below to fill the manger there. And I just see in my brain this little sandal sticking out and this donkey ear, and they're just trying to help. They're doing their best. They're doing their very, very best. Yep, I hear, I help you. I get that here. I help you. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on, Tim. Pictures you sent of chaos wanting to help with Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, it It was great. She did a great job. She was trying her very best. (laughs) But she was helping and she she, was. She wanted those dimples. You can't, you can't not, you can't say no to those dimples. Yeah. With this this story, I guess, poem, what I like about it is that they are validated in the end. That with the big thing that happens at their stable, they are validated. They are thanked. And then the dad even says, I will never bother you again. I will never call you a troublemaker. I will, which of course he does because he's a dad and this is a little kid, but there's validation, which is nice. Mm -hmm. That is nice. Yeah. So then the second one I chose is the gift of the Magi by O. Henry, because again, I know this one. I could, everyone knows this one. And if you don't know, I had to teach this one. I am currently teaching this one. I had to teach this one for years. It's an easy story. Yeah. Covers all the things. It's got some humor. Yeah. It was published in 1905 and can now be found free on the internet. Nice. I mean, this pops up in popular culture now yep. too. All yeah, it does. the yeah. time. All the time. It can also be found in a volume of short stories by O. Henry. So if you really want it in print, you can get it in print. Or you could just go to the internet. And or you could just out. go to the internet and it's right there in lovely script for you. Click print. Yep. And then you can write all over it. That's what I had my students do. So this one also came from our book of short stories that we read every Christmas. But again, you can also find it in print. Uh, both of you know this story, yes? Yeah. 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 Okay, so. But yeah, for the, maybe for our friends that don't. Right. Short little summary here. There's a husband and a wife. They're newlyweds. Remember, this is 1905. So money went a lot farther than it does now. A smaller amount went a little bit farther. So they have a dollar and 87 cents and they go out shopping And Della, the wife, sells her hair, her luxurious, long, beautiful hair, so that she can buy a watch chain for her husband, Jim. And Jim goes out and sells the watch 
that his father gave him yeah. it was either his father or his grandfather a family it, heirloom yeah it's a pocket he, watch yeah That's it's a, a pocket watch and he pulls it out all the time it is his prized possession and he sells that so he can buy his wife a lovely set of hair combs and then they get back together in the end and talk about it and it's a story of love and what that means and what christmas means and it is a beautiful story i don't think there's anything else to cover in the story it's fair no you 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 summarize the whole thing and at the very end of the print version it actually tells what the magi are because the title is the gift of the magi Mm -hmm. and i like that it gives a definition of what the magi are because jim and della are just people yeah like there's nothing in there that says what a magi is until the explanation at the very end and then it all gets tied up nicely I pulled another quote from this one and it's from the very end, which I told you the end. So it's not a spoiler. So here we go. (laughs) I did. I told you the end. It's like a three page story. It's really fast. Isn't it perfect, Jim? I hunted all over town to find it. You'll have to look at your watch a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I want to see how they look together. Jim sat down and smiled. Della, said he, let's put put our Christmas gifts away and keep them a while. They're too nice to use now. I sold the watch to get the money to buy the combs. And now I think we should have our dinner. And that is after Della has sold her hair. And Jim is like, well, we both made sacrifices, but we love each other. So let's just sit down and eat dinner. And he says it in such a kind way and such a, almost a humorous way of these things happened. We have each other. Those material things don't matter. Especially now that we can't use them. And especially now that we can't use them. And Della even says earlier, she says, my hair grows so fast. It'll be fine. Don't you think I'm still pretty? And he's like, let's just eat dinner. Let's pretend these things didn't happen. And just enjoy our time together. It's just really cute how they deal with it. Yeah. I always found this story, like, I I understand how it's supposed to be, like, uplifting. But it always just, I always broke my heart every time I read it. It's just a little depressing. It's a little heartbreaking, too. Yeah. I agree. I was, you know, he gave up the the one thing he prized yeah. in his life and then he found that it didn't matter. That's true. Because the thing that she that that he gave her, the reason he gave up this prized possession mm-hmm. was no longer valid and she realized that the the reason she gave up her hair, her most prized possession was now val- invalid. It's it's a heartbreaking story that also shows that materialism isn't what Christmas is about and it yeah. doesn't matter what you give it matters it's how you show it, how you show that love it's it's yeah. i love that it turns away from materialism and says that it, it's not about the things that you get but going along with what you said about how this is depressing it's always yeah. bothered me that dell is like my hair will grow back and i think well great you're going to be able to use the combs yeah right but he still doesn't Jim get can't ever watch. use that watch chain because he can't grow a watch that part, if he could yeah. that would be fat that would be fascinating if he could ever have money issues miracle of science again. right but then i think i've been married for a long time someday they will have the money again and he won't be able to buy that watch back but maybe something close to yeah maybe a new heirloom maybe a new mm-hmm. <laughs> but that they he have... can sell for new stuff that she won't be able right. to use Oy. it's a cycle friends it's a cycle. it is anyway i love the gift of the magi i think it is beautiful and it's a relationship that i strive to have someday with my spouse after 15 years, I still don't think we're there. Eh, it's a, you know, I think but it's always a work in progress. Way to go. 
So that's why I chose the gift of the Magi. It can be seen as depressing. It can be seen as heartwarming. No matter what, it's Christmas time and you learn what a Magi is. So there's a little bit of learning involved. Yeah, I think it's both. I think so too. Okay, It's okay to be both. I am excited to hear what you chose because I actually read one of them and forgot that I read it. Oh, really? Yes. So I'm excited to talk about it. I bet I know which one. Probably. So the first one I have is called The Afterlife of Holly Chase. It's by Cynthia Hand. It's a it YA that book. One. That's yeah, the one I, I read. Figured. <laughs> I don't normally do YA. I mean, I've got nothing against it. It's just not normally what I gravitate to. Plus, you know, I've both of you do a lot of heavy lifting with the YA books. Um, we do. We do hit the it's YA a job. Hard. It's part of yeah. our job descriptions. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. It's, it's true. true. So, but I was like, all right, this one looks pretty interesting. Uh, it came out in 2017. The it, It's a twist on the Ebenezer Scrooge story. So that is something we have talked about in past chapters about, you know, you have these legacy stories that pop up all the time that are pretty embedded in pop culture. Yeah. And I mean, Ebenezer Scrooge and the Christmas tale are pretty embedded, all yeah. sorts of reincarnations on that. So with this particular one, I mean, it, it the narrator, I, so I listened to this one on audio, which just took it to not. a whole new level, I think. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> um, the narrator just nails it. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And then you have the narrator, the, you've got the narrator for the story who absolutely nails that mean Valley girl tone. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just nails it. And I had a hard time initially because I don't like a lot of angst in my books. There's a lot of angst in this one. There's a ton of angst. And I was like, well, it's it's an interesting plot and I like the characters. I will, I will power through it. And I'm really glad I did because once the plot gains traction, it's really good. Mm -hmm. So it is a typical YA. There is a love interest. There is a love interest. Of course. She's dead and there's still a love interest. Right. (laughs) We cannot escape it. Nope. (laughs) So it's a modern Dickensian Scrooge retelling. It does have a happy ending, which I've said before, I'm a sucker for a happy ending. I'm really amused by a lot of the random pop culture references. Like they have a 2319 at one point. Isn't that from Monsters, Inc.? It is. It Mm -hmm. absolutely is. So I had to pause because I was laughing so hard when I hit that point. It's a cross between Mean Girls, Cabin in the Woods, Beastly, and A Christmas Carol. There was a there was a little bit too much going on in this book for me. There was, a, I mean, it was a lot. It was so a lot. You have, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the back of what it says, and then that might help put some more context here. On Christmas Eve, five years ago, Holly was visited by three ghosts who showed her how selfish and spoiled she'd become. They tried to convince her to mend her ways. She didn't. And then she died. <laughs> and now, and now Sorry. she's, the stuck. back is really good. It is. Now she's stuck working for the top secret company, Project Scrooge, as the latest ghost of Christmas past. Every year, they save another another miserly grouch. Every year, Holly stays frozen at 17 while her family and friends go on living without her. So far, Holly's afterlife has been miserable, but this year, everything is about to change. The back got me. And she still gets a love interest. The back really got me. But then I started reading it and thought. Yeah, she's angsty. Very just like nasty, really Mm -hmm. mean. You find out what happens. Like everyone has their different story components. Sorry. She she does eventually get a growth arc, but it takes a while. It takes a long, long time. So when they took dying to get a growth arc. (laughs) Yes. It took longer than dying to get a growth arc. (laughs) 
So whenever they pick a Scrooge, they work on the Scrooge for the whole year. They have to have a Marley and they have to have a Cratchit. They have to have a Tiny Tim. So they look at this person's life and find who those figures are. And with the Christmas Carol, you know, Tiny Tim, whoever is Tiny Tim, if they don't amend their ways, Tiny Tim dies. Well, you find out who her Tiny Tim was and how awful they die. Like you find that out. Oh no. And it's absolutely devastating. So it's just, you know, you find out what their roles are. The ghost of Christmas past has to they use technology to get into people's dreams and kind of like dig into their memories to see what they can find to pick those scenes to set everything up. I thought that was super so weird. It was a little, yeah, it was a little invasive. A little invasive. <laughs> it but it's so, also a very creative idea. It is like a really a, great from a writer's idea. perspective. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a very, it's a really interesting premise. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice retake on an old story. And when it ends, like I said, it has a happy ending. And I felt very good at the end. So I can't remember the ending. I'm not going to say it on here because it's a it's spoiler. Okay. No, it's okay. So I think this would be a good book if I were teaching people of this age. I think it would be a good companion for A Christmas Carol. Yeah. To get kids into it and to see the two types of characters. Mm-hmm. Because you have to, oh, you have to know who, you know, the Marley. Well, here's the elements of what a Marley is. And you right. Have, and you I think have, it would be really good for that. And you've got an intern that comes in. And so, of course, they're explaining everything to the intern, which is really helpful. So you get the explanation as the reader of to how this company is run because it's run for forever. It is a really so, cool premise. Yeah. So if you're looking for something that's kind of traditional, but not, not, that's got, a, you know, a love interest and some angst this is it i mean i did enjoy it but i had there were a couple points where i was like oh i can't really i don't miss being a teenager for a lot of this right here i can't do this <laughs> so but at least the at least the author did a really good job of writing a teenager to the point where it felt like a teenager voice oh yeah oh it does it i was reading does. this this is a lot of information just run with it i was reading this while on bathroom duty at homecoming at a homecoming dance oh oh dear <laughs> it really okay. helped me get through bathroom duty at a homecoming dance for a bunch of teenagers oh also i was I pregnant <laughs> <laughs> this was like the perfect book to be sitting in front of a bathroom making sure teenagers, teenagers weren't don't... spending too long in there it was perfect yeah i could see that because it wasn't too, I didn't have to be too focused on the book. And it almost read with little vignettes, which was super helpful. Mm-hmm. It had a time and a place and I really appreciated it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's oh, my story. So that's, <laughs> yep. So that, that was my first book. My second one is a kid's book. I had, it, it's the night before Christmas. It's a C for, C is for Cthulhu holiday tale by Jason Cimarello. This book just came out and I mean, it, it just came out. The Kickstarter for this was over the summer because oh, wow. the, the C is for Cthulhu books are all Kickstarters. So this is book four in the series. You don't have to read them in order. It's just that's the, it kind of helps if, if you've read them, but you don't have to. So is Cthulhu a Cthulhu is an idea, a magical creature? Cthulhu is the, one of the main monstrous eldritch beings from H.P. Lovecraft. Thank you. So, and H.P. Lovecraft is a character in these books because Cthulhu is his best friend. That's cute. So it's told in the night before Christmas poem format. It is a fantastic alternative Christmas book because you have Santa Claus and it is the night before Christmas, but that's about where it ends. And it's eldritch horror, warm, fuzzy eldritch horror that show up for eggnog. Like, Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it's a very cute book. It's a very, very cute. Well, they have to come visit. They come through the portal to visit their friend HP. They have to do that. That's so, so fun. It's a lot. Like this is these books are. I, it, they're very toddler approved. Chaos loves these books because she has her little rainbow. She calls him Kulu, 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 and she brings him out and put. You know, we put him in her little backpack for her toys, and so I'm really excited to actually give her this one for the holidays because this is one of this is one of her gifts. Oh, that's um, fun. but it's very whimsical. It's uh, the premise like you've got like the back of the book it's christmas eve in providence rhode island and the lovecraft home is about to get some very special visitors the adorable cast of creatures from the seas for cthulhu book series reunite for a holiday celebration filled with lovecraftian cheer so you have all the eldritch horror has showed up that's cute <laughs> so because of course that's what you do you, you just randomly crash someone's house for the holidays like mm-hmm. that's what everyone does right yep so that that's my second book there's not really too much to talk about it because it is a kids board book but it's very sweet and very it's very fun just know you will have to brush up on your lovecraftian pronunciation of how some things come out uh otherwise you'll probably end up you know fudging it like they do in army of darkness so so this you is know told with the cadence of twas the night before christmas yes that is what it is too okay so quick read through really really sweet i love the pictures i love the premise it's just and the the, yeah i i love this book when i was actually flipping through it to review before we recorded chaos did see it on my phone because i have the pdf of it too oh no and she's like kulu kulu so do you want me to read this to you kulu book okay let me me read this to you she's not as interested if it's on my phone but the fact that she saw one picture and went i know what that is that's so that's so fun so but that's that's my second book so thank you short and sweet i like how you you didn't go off the rails there, but definitely brought in a more whimsical, whimsical. <laughs> well, no, not whimsical, a more contemporary, contemporary, a more contemporary book. So thank you I, for that. Yeah, I try. Went a little off the rails for both of mine. I don't do YA, but we'll do YA this time too. <laughs> Have fun. So now it's time for our triviality segment. Good, good. I have a couple of trivia questions for both of you, and we'll see how we do with them. We have a running tally going somewhere. We do. I feel like Nia has it. I do. Annie, you're sitting this one out, but you are at 10. Yep. I'm at eight, and Sydney is the current champion at 12. I am? You are. <laughs> oh, this is exciting. <laughs> I, I tried to deep dive on this, so get ready. If you, you might know some of these, and it will be very telling of how you spend your spare time. <laughs> oh no yeah Uh, okay Okay, guys this winner gets bragging rights the satisfaction of knowing random in this case christmas trivia it's like christmas pop culture trivia so are you guys ready yeah are you sure oh yeah yeah probably as ready as we're going to be (laughs) 93 percent. all right so let's get trivial then you get two points if you can call out the answer without needing options uh, if I do need to list the multiple choice, the winner still gets one point. And okay. judging by our previous rounds of this, we do get a little creative in the judging and counting. So. Yeah, we do it for fun. This is just for I'm fun. Sure, yeah, we'll continue. I mean, there's it's no for prize bragging here. rights. Here we go. It's not like there's okay. a trophy belt. Oh, we should Yet. get one. Man, Yet. that thing would travel Growth around mindset. the country. Just keeps okay. getting mailed. Here we go. 
I really, these are good ones. In the classic Christmas movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Grinch was described with three words. What are they? I should know that. <laughs> oh, I told you, I you know might that. know these and you might not. Oh, I was just looking at this the other day. Five, four, three. I don't have kids. I two. haven't looked at this book in years. One. All right, here we go. Here are your answer choices. Ready. Do we wait until all the answer choices have been given before? Okay. Anyway. Squirrely, curly, whirly, mean, green, fiend, stink, stank, stunk, or D, pile, mile, file. B. C. The answer is C. Stink, yes. Stank. Nice. Stunk. Did you think it was mean, green, fiend? Yeah. That was a pretty good answer I came up with, huh? That was a great answer. I was proud of that one. <laughs> because yeah, he is a he mean, is green, stink, fiend. He stink, is stunk done up that goes after the stunk part in the song in the song yeah yep so sydney gets a point and annie gets points for coming up with really good answers in which (laughs) modern day country okay so in which modern day country was saint nicholas born in germany sweden both of those are incorrect so here are your options greece turkey morocco russia russia morocco both of those are incorrect. Turkey. Turkey. <laughs> I'm really good at coming up with answers, friends. Wow. Yeah, you are. Turkey. It's a weird skill of mine. <laughs> you're, you're just the trivia queen. Came from Turkey. Again, modern day country. So it, you know, back before it was Turkey. But there you go. Huh, so Again, Byzantium before then. Got it. Yes. It's all sorts of stuff before Turkey. Yeah. Who got the point for that one? I it was Nia. Oh, Sydney. Good job, Sydney. You've gotten two points. Mm-hmm. Good job. I'm just Last a faster question. guesser. It's not that I'm a better guesser. <laughs> I'm, a I'm a faster guesser. guesser. Hey, you know? a lot of it is just showing up. Did you show up? Last question. Here. How many gifts in total? Math time. Oh, shoot. <laughs> no calculators. Oh, shoot. None. We're given in the 12 days of Christmas song no calculators how many gifts in total were given in the 12 days of christmas song that's so mean i know it's so mean i know i told you you might know these and if you do we know how you spend your free time 10 9 just to i can't math that fast eight yeah you got to give us a minute annie man okay so you gave us a complicated math question i did you got to give us a minute hey (sighs) anyway I'm going to throw in a quick little plug here for our listeners. I found these trivia questions, all of them, on the Parade Magazine online, parade.com. It's 50 fun Christmas trivia questions with answers for family gatherings, published in 2022. If my family listens, I might make this a thing because there are really good questions on here. Okay, both Sydney and Nia are looking down at their tables because they are doing math on post-its. Yep. (laughs) Both of them have posted notes out right now and they are doing math. Uh, I'm going to give you some of the other options were which popular 76, 78. Do you not have the answer in front of you? I do, but that answer (laughs) sounds wrong. Which one? Hey, what did I type it in wrong? No, because I copied and pasted it. How? Hmm, Shoot. Well, I'm going to give you the answers. Okay. And then maybe I'll give you a bonus question because this seems like it is wrong. On the first day, did they compound? It's seventy-eight. Nia got okay. it. Well, here yeah. are your options. Nia got it. 
Your options are, we've decided it's 78. Yeah, I, okay. I calculated. Well, here's what the internet gave me as options. So pick one, 279, 364, 412, and 490. I know. Oh, because they're doing all of them instead of the first day I got this. They're counting I think it all compa- of them. Yeah. They're doing all of it what? like this. Oh. Like on the first day I got this. And then on the second day, I got on the second this, day, and this, this and this, 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 and this. Okay. this, this, and this. I'll give no. you a point for the 70, whatever you said. This is why I'm not a math yeah. person. Yeah. This is why I don't math. This, why we got, this Christmas, is why we got degrees in English. Gave to me, on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me and a, and a, and a, and a. Oh yeah. No. Okay. So 279, 364, 412, or 490. Did you say 412? 269? Those are both incorrect. The first 190 was. is seven times 70, which is from the Bible. Great. So it's not D. A? No. B? It's the one that frustrated the, me the most. 364. Oh, because gross. that's not even how many days are in a year. Like, just add nope. one more. Come on now. Just throw yeah, one nope. thing. I will give the point to Nia, though, because that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Math can be done in different ways, friends. Math can yeah. be done. Only if you don't do it wrong like I did. Well, and here's <laughs> so, you do it wrong. <laughs> so well, here's how my brain functions because we were watching there's an episode of Sesame Street where Cookie Monster gets cookies, but like he I think he only gets one set of each cookie, even though they go through the whole song. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. how that worked. I only oh, have to pay attention yeah. some days. So I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll give that it was to hard because that, that math hard. made sense. Yeah, I agree. I tried to find good questions. That was a good question. That was a really good question. Thank you. I thought maybe one of you would know. Well, good job. So how are the rankings now with Nia getting one point? point. One point, nope. yeah. One point and Sydney getting two. I am at nine and Sydney is at 14, still reigning <gasps> champion. Sydney has excited. a metaphorical belt. Good job. My my you guys both crochet. I don't crochet, but I'm sure it's like a crochet <laughs> belt. Yeah. Like one of those really big belt buckles. Like you would get at like a PGA mm-hmm. tour like championship. Like oh, there you go. That's golf. And there will be little you know what I mean? tiny, like the... tiny little pictures and symbols to make everything match. Yeah. Talk about oh, it's like it's discussed. like a, it's like a mini quilt yep <laughs> we could do that <laughs> we could do that between none the two of us, us would we wear could it. do it we might throw it over our shoulder though and be like yeah oh, i'm raining trivialities champ oh that's funny i don't know that anyone has ever worn a crocheted belt that- oh, i've seen have. people who crochet all sorts of things oh, they have. all sorts of things uh-huh just look if it's at wearable magazines. it's been crocheted get some magazines from the 70s you will be <laughs> shocked or and amazed facebook groups now i see all sorts Again, of interesting stuff people make and amazed i've seen crocheted pasties oh i've seen worse i don't know that there's anything worse than crocheted pasties <laughs> <laughs> so sydney what are you picking up next or reading right now i am in the middle of Body Double by Tess Gerritsen. It is book four in the Rizzolian Isles series. You're still going on that series. I am still, and awesome. I am honestly loving it. There's a lot of differences between the TV show that I love and the books, but Tess Gerritsen is a really good writer. I've been really it, impressed. And remind us, these came out after the show. Nope. No, the show came out after. Okay. The show came out a decade after. So these are not fan fiction. No. Okay. No. The show is fan fiction. The show is based on the books. Got it. Okay. Thank you. But I'm on book four. It's a, I think there are 13 books in the series so far. I think she's also still going on them. Like I think they're oh, still wow. coming out. So I had picked up hers and I'd picked up the Kathy Rakes series that oh, Bones yeah. is based off of. 
which has is nothing like the series the 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 tv show and i love the tv show and the book series has zero zero yeah similarities they're good it takes they're good books place in quebec yeah oh but i i am having a really hard time getting through kathy reich's series especially when i compare it her writing to tess garretson because they're both in the same genre Mm-hmm. And Tess Garrettsons are so much easier to fall into. I think Kathy Reichs is more scientist as yeah. well, which you're going to have a very different writing style. Because yeah. I read, I think, the first eight books in that series and then was like, I'm good. They're good. Yeah. But I didn't feel I'm, the need to finish it. I'm not DNFing it. Like, I'm still <laughs> going to try to push through and read. But I like I read a couple chapters of Kathy Reichs and then I go back and I get my fill with Tess Garrettson before Fair. i go back and forth i'm surprised you can read both both of those at the same time i i used to be a monogamist when it came to books where i had mm-hmm. to read one at a time and just read it all the way through and i have realized with my add that it is easier for me to read if i don't force myself to finish a book before i pick up a new one mm-hmm. so Way to understand yourself good job it took 30 something years for me to mm-hmm. realize that i do better when i allow myself to follow my moods so i i tell you guys each one i'm reading like i pick one of the books that i'm reading to list Mm -hmm. for the podcast i do the same but i i usually have between four and five books going at a time wow i don't have that many going at that and it's just because i they're very different all five of them and it's based on whatever mood i'm in that i pick up that book Mm -hmm. see and i think as long as you can keep track because that would be i found if i have started an audiobook if I have a chance to actually read on a screen or a print book, I will pick up a different book because I have, mm. I have one going on my Kobo and I have an audio book that I'm listening to and it does, it depends on the mood and it depends on what I can actually do. Cause yeah, you yeah. know, it's the same at my house. Can I read a print book right now or do I need to read audio? Yeah. I have a print one that keeps calling my name that I'm looking at and I'll get to at some point. You'll get to have time to sit down and read. So stare at stare at stuff long enough. Eventually mm-hmm. we'll get to it, right? Says yep. the woman with books on her nightstand that sit on her nightstand. I mean, but they look so pretty there. <laughs> Mine has a stack on there too. I, I, isn't that a, a standard <laughs> accessory? I feel like having books on your nightstand is just what you do. Let's change the subject. Annie, okay. what are you reading right now? <laughs> I am read I can say this because my husband doesn't listen. So I can say what I'm reading right now. I am reading. <laughs> well, no, because he was going to get me this for Christmas, but I'm listening to it on audiobook already. <laughs> oh, it's super crazy long. In my defense, it's super crazy long. So you can just flip between the two back and forth yes, when you have time. Plan. That's there my you plan. That's my plan. So I'm reading the first one to die at the end by Adam Silvera. This is the prequel that came out after the first book for they both die at the end which i read when it first came out before it blew up on book talk tiktok whatever you want to call the tiktok books i read this one when it first came out and now it is huge on tiktok no i haven't read i know nothing about this book so they both die at the end just real fast fast, let me well guess do they both die at the end they do and i still cried Like I legit was so knowing it was going to happen. You still knowing what was going to happen. So quick summary of the premise, even though I know who listens to this podcast, so they might not have read this quick summary. They both die at the end is in a society where you get a phone call that day saying, Hey, you're going to die today in some way. In so at some time you are going to die before the 24 hours are up, you're going to die. And there's an app that people go on. I think it's called 
the last friend or something, people go on this app and meet up with other people that are going to die that day. And some people go and spend all their money on the last day they're going to live. Some people spend their time with their family, but a lot of people go on this app to find and connect with people in their same situation. Okay. So the first, it's not. So the first one to die at the end is the story of the first people to go through this. Okay. It's YA, but I loved it so much. And when the prequel came out, I started reading it before my husband gave it to me for Christmas. Nia, what are you reading now or picking up next? Uh, I have picked up Haunted in America, True Ghost Stories from the Best of Leslie Rule, which is by Leslie Rule. It's a collection of her. So she's gone through and collected different stories of different haunted places all around the country. Um, Some of them are like old hotels or old amusement parks. I did not realize that carousels had such a death record on them. Surprise! (laughs) Apparently they do. Which even even the author was like, who knew that they could be dangerous? They are like... Surprise! Those old toys that they got rid of at um, playgrounds, the metal ones that would spin around and around and around and people would get caught underneath. I mean, it's the same idea. So I I get it. So it's a bunch of short selections like that which is really great because if I can only listen to one chapter I can stop it the next one is completely separate but it's got a really nice narrative flow the intro to the chapters is really nice so that's what I've just picked up Um, is Leslie Rule a name that people would know if they're involved in this type of book I don't know it wasn't a name I recognized I just saw the cover and went "Ooh, that looks fun and got it on audio because it's this big foreboding building with like storm clouds and it looks like a giant haunted building so and I picked it up and added it to my eventually I'll get to the stack in probably October (laughs) so it's been sitting there a little bit I mean you know I like this stuff anyway like you know I this is this is my jam just a bunch of little short stories but it reads like a it so far it's got a really good flow so that's what I picked up that's cool thank you yeah all right friends thanks for listening to this chapter of the book stack as we sign off we'd like to leave you with some food for thought and we'll see you next time when we interview an author and the books in their stack remember you can connect with us on twitter at Bookstack Trio and follow us at Bookstack Trio on Instagram and Facebook to see a full listing of the books mentioned in our stack. If you read a book from this stack, let us know what you thought on social media. You can also find us on our website at bookstacktrio.com. The Nutcracker sits under the holiday tree, a guardian of childhood stories. Feed him walnuts and he will crack open a tale. Vera Nazarene.